You're listening to the Mike and Men Zero Hour, part of the Mike and Men Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to of Mike and Men. Drum roll. Yes, drum roll, please. Here we are. Hey, welcome to of Mike and Men Zero Hour. My name is Curtis Polk. I am one of your hosts, but the main man in charge, his name is Bill Murray. Is Bill Murray. Um, and he is also joined by his good friend and fellow Ghostbuster, Dan Aykroyd. Um, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, go- Skull Vodka. Um, actually, that bit is done. We're, we're done with that bit. Um, <laughs> we're, we're done with that bit. All we're right, done, done with that bit. I've said, I, in Audacity, we've t- I've talked plenty about Dan Aykroyd and so- Skull Vodka, so do, that, do with that what you will. Uh, but in all seriousness, thank you for listening to the second, the aftermath portion of our podcast. Um, it is just so nice to have you guys listen. We really appreciate the support. And we're just going to go jump right into some uh, random topics. Yeah. So um, America is starting to open back up. Are you excited? Uh, no, um, I don't think we're ready for that yet, honestly. Um, yeah. I don't really like the... I know people are antsy. I know people are losing their minds and stuff, but um, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I don't think, I think we need to be as careful as possible with a life threatening disease as COVID-19. Yeah. We're back into COVID cast, everybody. I hope you are ready. Um, I I just, uh, I just think that we should be able to get tested and there should be mass testing everywhere. That's honestly, if nothing else, we should be able to have that. That that was kind of like the whole point of going into lockdown to kind of buy uh, buy some time so that we can get more testing kits available so that, you know, we can test people. Because honestly, right now we're just kind of shooting in the dark. We don't know who's infected, you know, or, you know, aside from when you get tested and come out positive. But we don't know, you know, if any, like when you're walking around, um, you don't know who's infected and asymptomatic. And so we're just kind of stumbling around in the, in the dark. So we gotta, we gotta at least figure out who's infected and you know, who's not so that we can maybe, even if we, we can open up um, the country again, but at least we can like close off certain areas as need be, or, you know, specific households, we can like limit that if we know that that household is like infected, you know, things like that. I think um, it's very tricky and scary situation because we can get, we can knock out everyone who's infected, you know, they're all healed, whatever, and still have this one guy who has it and that can ruin it for everyone and spread it all over again. It's yeah. just such a disaster, you know? Yeah. We, we won't be fully in the clear until they come out with a vaccine, which could take like a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I love yeah, COVID nineteen. So, you know, I'm I'm I guess at this point I feel like I've I've run out of energy to try and um you know, to try and just uh, talk about this. Are we done talking I, about this? <laughs> I, I can talk about it. It's just it's difficult for me because I you know I have no I don't have the solution either. I can say. I can say that, uh, yeah, let's keep the country closed and all that. Um, but at the same time, I get it. I get the concerns that, you know, people need to, you know, need to make money because these uh, these rents and 
bills, they're not going away. They're being temporarily delayed, but you still owe the money on those, on those months. I get it. People have families to support, you know, they got, they got bills to pay and all that, but I feel they got bills to marry. Yeah. I, I, I feel though that that's kind of where, I don't know. That's, that's where the responsibility of the government like kind of comes in, you know, the, the government's responsibility is to the people, right? If the entire country is under this pandemic, this siege to our, uh, our common health, I feel like that's, that's on the government's, uh, uh, list of responsibilities to have to deal with. And one of the things that they've done is the, uh, the stimulus check, which a lot of people still haven't even gotten theirs, but even that, that's not even a, that's not even a putting a bandaid on, on a cut. That's like putting half a piece of bandaid, not even the adhesive part on, on like, no, no, it's like on a putting, piece of skin away from the cut. It's like putting a wet, damp, dirty piece of toilet paper and covering up with duct tape on your skin. Pretty much. Yeah. It's putting us in debt. Uh, it's a very temporary quote unquote solution to an, a grand monumental problem that we can't even begin to. And, and here's the thing. It's not even, it's, it's taken from our, from our taxes, which, you know, that's, that's kind of like one of the things what taxes should be used for, for, you know, for the good of the people. But the problem is that they used a lot more of those, of that money. You know, everyone gets like $1,200. Sure. But a lot more of the money, like billions of dollars went billions into organizations like they went into companies just so that they can bail out, uh, you know, industries. And it's like, what's, what's the point of bailing out a CEO if the people who make that entire system run are unable to afford to make that system run? You know, it's like you can't have a functioning company if there's no one who can afford to buy your product, Right. But what they're doing is they're just like temporarily um, keeping that that business afloat. And it's not even like they would go out of business. You know, these are multi-billion dollar companies like airlines. Are you telling me that they can't afford to just like, you know, lay down for, for like a couple of weeks or a few months and then they get like a bailout? immediately as soon as this thing hits when people barely get enough to cover like rent and uh, a few groceries like i i just feel like that's it's a gross uh misallocation of of funds and it's definitely not an accident tune in next week when we discuss the uh rise and fall of donald trump and um the orange race (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm Alex Jones on Infowars. Oh, yeah, man. I would love to get him on here, man. That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I you're totally right. It's just we're in a it's, – it's just – you know what, man? You might as well just play a tape recorder of me saying, yep, things suck. Yep, we're <laughs> – <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a um, – this, I'm not a stru- I, an economic structure guy by any means. I'm just a common man. Okay, I drink beer. I make. I drink Michelob Ultra. I uh, eat fast drink food. Some, uh, drink some Corona. I drink. No, not right now. But uh, <laughs> I drink. I drink uh, alcohol. I I eat fast food. You know, I'm the. I'm an. I'm an American man. I'm a true American. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's that's it. I'm just the voice. A uh, voice. A voice, not the voice. Um, 
and yeah, I just yeah, things suck. Things <laughs> you know, we're we're not we weren't doing great before all this, but we're not doing great now either. So uh, yeah, and especially it sucks, especially for new graduates um, trying to enter workforce because like just immediately overnight entire industries kind of just like shut down. I mean, it was hard enough to get a job before, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess in the tech sector, it's, it's not as bad, you know, cause they, they do have a lot more flexibility with working from home and all that. Um, so that is, that is a, a nice, um, aspect of that. And that's something, honestly, on a, on a personal note, I feel like I made the wrong choice in college. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have gone for the degree I, I did. I should have gotten like, you know, some tech related degree because that's infinitely far more useful than what yeah, I currently have. No, I get it. I totally get that. Um, but I mean, you're always going to need people who make videos uh, and do marketing stuff. So I think you're, you're good. You can do that from home, right? You can record <laughs> from your, your desk chair. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's how that works. It's like, Hey, here in my room, vlog number seven, 702. Uh, no, it's just it's just me here in my house. Me in my um, garage. In my, <laughs> my Lamborghini. <laughs> Take a look at my uh, my new bookshelf, like five books. You know what I love the most? Knowledge. Knowledge. Oh man, knowledge. Uh man, good old Ty. I wonder what he's up to these days. Not Ty, our good friend, the voice actor Ty. Uh, T A I. T A I. Ty. Ty uh, Lopez. Lopez. Yes, the the memester, the idiot. There's there's so many of those uh so many of those people on YouTube who honestly like whenever I see their ads I have no idea what they're trying to sell but they sound very convincing <laughs> but I know they're selling it and they're selling it well yeah like that's that's their whole thing is that they're telling you and there's like so many of these people they tell you all right I'm rich I'm successful I can show you too how to be rich and successful are you desperate enough to give me your money so I can make you rich and successful. I have no proof at all that I am rich and successful, but just take my word for Dude, it. Lamborghini. I too can make you rich and successful. Lamborghini, man. That's all the proof you need. And his it's, house in the Hollywood Hills. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just it's just crazy. Like there's there's that section of um of YouTubers, and I've I've seen like some other stuff too, where it's like there's a, a an ad I saw of this guy. He's like, um, you know, take my take my online course, and I'll teach you how to become like uh a world famous YouTuber. And he's like, yeah, see these two channels, I've made them uh, like, I made them have like millions of subscribers on YouTube by following my program. And I look at those channels and I'm like, I don't know who those people are. <laughs> I have no idea hey, who they are. It doesn't, matter that, it doesn't matter that you know who they are. It mat What matters is those sweet, sweet subs. They've got a million subs, but nobody knows who they are. Who cares? They're making money. You know, that's, I think that's, yeah. that's really the, the thought process here. Um, but I think it's interesting. I know it's kind of a little off topic here, but um, we don't have a topic, honestly. Right, right. On the top, on the very extremely loose topic of online influencers, I noticed a lot of very influential and famous artists and things like that are now doing master classes and stuff online. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's cool. Um, R.L. Stein is doing one on horror writing that I kind of wish I paid for. I had the money for. Um, what What is your thought on that? What is your thought on uh, masters of cra of their crafts? Uh, selling uh video educational videos on how they get their stuff done what is your opinion on that honestly you know it makes sense if if you're good at something right and i can't believe i'm quoting the joker from the dark knight just go ahead and call me edgy uh <laughs> i'm ready for it oh already done but, man done that, um, done that. 
you know, like what he says, like, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And, it, you know, these are people that they've made their living doing something that they're really good at. And maybe you can gleam something, some little tidbit of information that that'll just spark, you know, that idea inside of you like, oh, hey, I never thought about doing this like that. Like, I know um, I've seen like I haven't paid for any of those master classes, but I've seen some some, you know, guides and lessons on YouTube. And I see how just like just watching how people go through the same things that you're doing, but in their own way, it sometimes helps uh, open your eyes to what the possibilities are. Like in terms of art, when I'm seeing, you know, other artists draw certain things, I'm like, oh, so that's how they do it. Oh, that makes it so much easier. And you're like a certain tool that they use or the way that they, you know, move their hands. And it's, it's little things like that, you know, like maybe it's not, I'm not taking something from the whole lesson, but just a little tidbit that helps. And maybe, you know, for, for the right person, it could be the the thing that they needed just to get them that extra push. Well said. And I think if you're learning something, if it's, that helps you at all, if you learn like one thing, if you pay for a whole masterclass and you learn at least one thing, I feel like that's a, a worthy investment because you learn something that you didn't know before. And there's nothing, as Ty Lopez says, there's nothing more valuable than knowledge. um but yeah that's uh i just noticed it just seems like a very trending thing these days with the master class thing yeah you get you get those um those video ads on youtube about them yeah that's what that's what i was talking about or that's where i saw them you know right i feel like facebook is or wait is did you say youtube or facebook youtube oh i guess guess both i guess both it's such a it's such a popular landscape for getting the word out there for uh, online content and advertisement. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of ads that I found on Facebook, there's one recently that I, I've noticed. And this is actually kind of tying back to a report from a couple of months back that happened in China. Um, it said like divorce lawyers in China were having so many new clients and so many new cases um, after their lockdown because couples were being forced to <laughs> to stay with each other for like extended periods of time. And so divorce rates skyrocketed in China. And then now, like just recently, like earlier this week, I saw an ad on Facebook uh, for a divorce lawyer. <laughs> so there was like the, the tagline for it literally said, are you feeling non-essential? Call us today. Man, as, as, as if it weren't getting bad enough diver- divorce rate-wise uh, in the past couple decades, now this corona thing has skyrocketed the level to unimaginable uh, tiers. Of- well, here's the thing, though. like with, with divorce rates, it's actually kind of been going down the last decade, but not because of the reason you think. Like You think, oh, because people are just getting along much more. It's not because of that. It's just because there are less people getting married overall in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, wonderful times we live in. Yeah. Uh, but Hey man, I can't run your life. I can't control your decisions. Do you do you? Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, take it away, Carl. <laughs> in other news, uh, <laughs> there's some, there's some, uh, you know, discussion about like movies being delayed and movies being released in the fall. Apparently, um, a lot of big budget productions like, you know, Black Widow and all that, apparently they're still being planned to get released uh, sometime in the fall, I think in like July or August. 
Um, we'll see. We'll see what what happens then. Um, because, you know, like they're, they're doing some phase one, a quote unquote phase one uh, re- reopening of the country where they're saying you have to have a very specific, you know, uh, you have to have very specific um, measures in place for your business to be opened. Like you got to have, uh, you, you can only work at like 25% capacity and all that. But immediately after a lot of these businesses opens like bars, uh, just the other, just earlier this week, it was just completely packed. No one was wearing masks. No one was like, you know, obeying the, uh, the six feet distance away from each other. It's crazy. And it's it just gonna, so loose now. Everyone is just doesn't give a crap anymore. Yeah. It, it just, it just basically means that, um, we're in for a wild second wave here, fellas. Yeah. Uh, I could have told you that, man. <laughs> but, uh, and in terms of movies and especially of the Marvel movies, I think the world will live without another Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't hold my breath of anything involving production or art, big, big scale anyway. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just such a bizarre, um, it's like science fiction that it all happened in such a weird year, 2020, you know, 2020 just seems like such a, um, a milestone and you here know the we are reason why the reason why uh this happened in 2020 was because everyone was making 2020 jokes on the new year and then that's the universe they, the universe was just like ah shut up yeah no i agree that's a that's that's what we get or that's what the <laughs> this people is, make this is karma from. yeah i know if only if only we uh Never mind. I was gonna if say only if, we, if only we can be like, all right, all right, we learned our lesson. No more, no more bad puns, please. Just, just take it away. <laughs> no, no. The the universe, whoever's control, whatever's in control of the universe, is a uh, is like a a ragey twelve year old on Call of Duty who loses their crap at the drop of a, drop of a hat. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some re some re kid, uh, some some rage quitter. Oh, dude, that reminds me. Um. Well, not not the rage quitter part, but when you mentioned like whoever controls the universe, um, in Silent Hill Two, I think it was Silent Hill Two. There's a secret ending to the game where uh, you kind of go go through this uh, this locked door in the game, and you find out that the the person who was controlling everything in the game, like sending all these monsters after you and doing all these traps, was actually just a dog in a control room. <laughs> that is so bizarre, and I'll tell you why. Um, you ever heard of the game Undertale? I I have heard of it. I actually, I have it, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, I recommend it. It's a great game. Um, very meme tier game, especially with the sands stuff. Sands it's the like, skeleton. It's like 8-bit, right? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, yeah, in a way. But it, that, it's so weird that you said that, because I didn't know that that was a thing, the dog in, in a control room thing. The, the person who made that game, his name is Toby Fox, extremely talented game developer. Um, his like avatar in the game is a uh, what's called an annoying dog, and there's a part in the game where you go into a room, and he's the dog is just there on a computer, <laughs> and it, it it must be a reference to Resident Evil. I just I can't believe that uh, Silent Hill or excuse me Silent Hill. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I didn't know that. 
Um, yeah, it's it's like one of those things. Like it's it's great when when these uh, developers poke a little fun at themselves, even in like a purely horror game. Like they did it in the first Silent Hill as well. The uh, the end credits they actually animated bloopers as if the entire uh, game was a movie. So like they'd have they'd redo the cutscenes, and some of the characters in the cutscenes would like mess up, and they'd like look at the camera and just like laugh. I'm not sure if that's cringe or funny. <laughs> was, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Just like, just the fact that it, w- it would be playing while the game credits, you know, like you, you just played through this really horror, horrifying game. And then like the end credits, they're like rolling bloopers. Of imagine the being like, imagine being an animator on that project and getting paid to make fake bloopers for a video game. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't they do, didn't they used to do that with like older Pixar movies? Oh yeah, the, 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 like Toy Story, that was was a big yeah. one for those. See, like I miss I miss that. Like they, I don't know if they still do that for for newer ones. Because everything they, that, they like, just the older they, stuff. They get they just take themselves too seriously now. Everything has to be perfect, and I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. I know uh, Monsters Inc. did the same thing too. Like there's one where there's like a dramatic walk, and then like all of a sudden everyone trips in the yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> yeah. the Actually, in that and yeah, I love that that part too. Uh, there's one in that same blooper reel in Monsters Inc. where. Uh, Mike Wazowski was like, okay, kid, go on, go on, kid, go throw up or something like that. <laughs> something stupid. Yeah. I always remember that. But uh, yeah, Pixar is real. Pixar used to be cool. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, what was it? What was their, um, they, they had a, was their recent, most recent film Toy Story 4? Um, yeah, I, I like think there's so. another one that came out after that, but I'm not sure. There's one coming soon called, uh, or I'm not sure if it's out yet. It's called Soul. Soul. About a soul singer who turns into a. Oh, soul. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw a trailer of that. I don't think it's out yet. No. Um, was Onward, Pixar? Actually, I don't know. I I can't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. It was. It might have been. Um, I completely forgot about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I saw the trailer for it and it just seemed kind of generic. I don't know. There oh god, yeah, I agree. It looked very bland to there me. There wasn't anything really. Um that did it for me that stood out yeah speaking of uh speaking of generic animated movies there was one that came out i think it was either earlier this year or or, or late last year um it's like spies in disguise with like will smith and tom holland where like will smith's character gets turned into a bird i know what you're talking about and yeah it looks like just another um bland dreamworks film yeah, I, I don't know. I I missed I missed the uh, the old DreamWorks stuff like their two D animations. I preferred those. Oh yeah, me too. They, they I really wish they had stuck out a little longer with their two D department because I liked what they were doing. Yeah, um, it's a shame that not a whole lot of two D animations, uh, like you know, three theatrical releases are still made nowadays. I know. I actually wrote a report about that last semester. Two um, D versus three D, and it's so it's such a shame that it's a dying art because. I don't know. There's a there's a movie called the. I'm going on a tangent here, but there's a there's a Don Bluth movie called The Secret of Nim that is just such a work of art, and it's 2D animated. It came out in the 80s. Um, oh, that's the one with the rats, right? The rats, yeah. Um, I recommend that that movie for anyone listening. Um, very, it, it just shows you where we've come in terms of animation and how seriously we take our the stories that we tell and that sort of thing. Um, but you can just tell how much of a labor of love this movie was in terms of music and atmosphere and all that. Um, yeah. And it just sucks that we're just like crapping out movies here and there with all this DreamWorks and stuff. It's just a shame. I just yeah, I, mean, I wish we I, we could have grown up in a time when we lived or when 
when animation was taken a lot more seriously. You know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, 3D animation is like, you know, it's, it's great. And the, the, there are people who, you know, they, they work their butts off on these things and it's certainly not easy, but I just, I just feel like there's, there's a bit more charm to, to 2D animation. There's like a, a more expressiveness to the characters. I feel like, um, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Prince of Egypt. Oh yeah. Yeah. When you said DreamWorks, um, 2D animation. That's like literally what I think of. That's yeah. that is a masterpiece. Yeah, that that movie had such a great look to it. It had such great animation, and the soundtrack was. Mm, it didn't. Mm, it didn't have. It had no place being that good. I agree. Yeah, it's too good. It's like you, usually when you think of like a Christian animated film for kids, like oh, those are always lame. No, not this. This is like bon appetit. There, there are some diamonds in the rough when it comes to Christian programming. Um, like Bible Man. <laughs> Oh yeah. Don't even joke about Bible man. <laughs> uh, but no, like the 10 commandments old, there was in like, an, I think it was a 50s, 60s live action film. That's a very, that's like a classic. Um, oh yeah. I, I think I've seen that on like VHS. It's yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame that a lot of Christian features succumb to mediocrity. Um, but yeah, back to 2D animation for a second. I really think, like you said, the expressiveness and just everything is it's just the soul and care that's put into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think, it's, I think it's the always last, an event. Yeah, the last um, 2D animated film that I think I've seen in theaters was uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly, which came out. It might have been actually like early last year, like January of last year. Feels like forever ago. Um, but when I, when I went to go see that with a friend and the movie theater was so packed, it was way more packed than when we went to go see Endgame, honestly. Yeah. Good old Marvel. <laughs> but, uh, I, that's a, that's another thing. Japanese animation, anime stuff, that's keeping 2d animation alive. And I appreciate that. That's something that, um, I don't know. I always thought when I was younger that they would make some sort of transition to 3d anime, uh, maybe, I don't know if that exists. But yeah, they, they've tried, but it never looks as good. It always looks way too stiff. I'm so glad that they haven't succumbed to that yet. But I, here I am, you know, studying 3D animation. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you're, you're basically like disparaging your own future job. I, I, I know, I know. But uh, and it's not to say there aren't some 3D masterpieces because there really are. Um, but I just I appreciate 2D animation so much more as an art form. Um, than 3d just because of the soul and the you know how much more you can get across emotionally right someone's someone's gonna like pick up this podcast when you're applying for a job and they're gonna be like so it says here uh, on uh, michael men zero hour that you hate 3d animation now what now why why would you say I, that I, I, I never said i hated it i just said i hate right, what's i'm gonna being... cut out i'm gonna cut out just that part <laughs> no yeah put I that in Put that in, cut, cut it all together like that scene from Fairly Our Parents where it's like, I never stole from my mom's purse. And it's like, my name's Timmy Turner. I stole from my mom's purse. <laughs> but yeah, I, I never said I hated 3D animation. I just hate what is being commonly done with the medium these days. And it's a shame right. um, because we really could be making some cool stuff, but uh, we're just making some mediocre stuff. Yeah, and here I am trying to learn how to make uh, a pillar in Blender. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That that uh, that face you sculpted was pretty damn good. It's, Very impressive. 
Thanks. But it's like when, when I tried to um, create another face, I don't know. There's something weird about, I don't know. Maybe I just, I don't have the right settings uh, on in Blender, but there it's like it, trying to sculpt something never feels as precise as when I'm watching like other people uh, do it on YouTube. It always feels like I'm I'm missing some sort of setting. No, but I totally, like that's that's the thing. It's like you gotta get over the the hurdle of knowing what to turn on and like how the UI works. Bef- like before you even you know get into actually learning how to sculpt things. It is so frustrating learning the UI of any program that you're learning, um, because you just want to go in and start making stuff. But no, you have to learn every single little or most ta- most of the tabs, most of the features and stuff. And it's even worse when you're using a program with crappy UI. Um, yeah, that, that screenshot that you sent me of you working on 3DS Max, that looked so weird. Oh my gosh, it is such a nightmare, man. I wish I were using Blender. <laughs> it just sucks, man. So why, it, do you, why do you have to use 3DS Max? Is it just to like diversify your skill set? That's literally all it is. My teacher's like, yeah, I asked my teacher about it. And she's like, yeah, you can use Blender if you want, but... I'm provided a student license for this more professional 3DX Max program. And I just, it'd be better professionally if I learn all these programs uh, to, you know, like you said, diversify my skill set. And that's, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare, but I feel like it would be better in the long run to learn yeah. as much as I can. But it's, yeah, at least, at least <laughs> you'll be able to like work on whatever program you, you're needed to in, in that specific project. Well, what I, whatever program I'm needed to learn to use at the time, if when I get hired, I hope it's not 3ds Max because God, <laughs> gosh dang it, I hate it so much. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna create an entire 90 minute animated film purely in 3ds oh Max. Oh my God, I'm I'm quit. I quit. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my first job, and I quit. <laughs> Let me use Blender, please. Blender, or I heard um, ZBrush actually has much better sculpting tools compared to Blender, but I'm like, I'm I'm just starting to get sl- somewhat comfortable with the basics of Blender. I'm like, I don't even want to confuse myself by immediately jumping to ZBrush. Um, yeah, I, I'd say do it one at a time for sure. Um, stick to Blender because I, I, from my experience, it is the most user-friendly for sure. Um, the most easy to learn quickly, I guess. Actually, I've never used Blender's sculpting tools before. I've used the mesh editor and all that, um, but I would assume it's the same in terms of UI. Yeah, um, well, like the um, the sculpting part, it's there. There's certain aspects of it that are you know like pretty simple. Like um, you got the pull and like crease tools and blob tools and all that. But like I said before, just sometimes. It just doesn't seem to want to work the way I imagine. Like, you know, when I click on a tool, I'm like, okay, so there's a, an image in my head that I think it's going to do that. But then when I actually use it, it doesn't do that at all. So right, I'm like, right. I don't know if that is how it's supposed to work or if I'm just not doing something right. Yeah. Um, you just uh, you just have to familiarize. Watch a lot of... You're the one who told me this. You, you were like, there are so many to, uh, useful res- resources on YouTube that you can learn with, and I, it is so val- it is so valuable to live in this time period that we can learn anything, literally anything we want through a video. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm back to what I was saying. I, I think you just really got to familiarize yourself with the settings and things like that. And YouTube tutorials are really helpful for that, for sure. It yeah, may I've be been, the man. I've been I watching today. a lot of uh, like Blender Guru and um, this other guy. Their their t- tutorials are really nice. Um, it's just like I, I, I'm trying to like take it one step at a time. Like, 
I just recently started doing um, not sculpting the um, just regular edit mode, and you know like cutting uh, cutting apart a model and extruding it and all that. I just recently started learning that, and it's it was like it blew my mind because I'm like I can actually make make like buildings out of this stuff relatively easily. I I, I think compared to you know how how I used to do it before. Oh yeah, when you when you realize how simple it really is. Um, it a whole new world will open up before your eyes, and it really is is crazy. Because before I even learned anything about three D modeling or whatever, I thought, man, it it's probably so complicated and so hard. Um, I'll never I'll never figure this crap out. But it, you, it's so easy to once you it, once you start learning like a f- the first few couple you know types of things, how to use a mesh editor and all that, you realize just how simple it all is. Um, it just I feel like half of what we um, what we learn in this life or what we need to learn is half the struggle of learning that is our expectations um, and how we expect our, how, how we expect how hard it's going to be and all that sort of thing. Um, but all you really need to do is just sit down and, and learn. Uh, it's the work you put in as opposed to your brain, you know, if yeah. I that's, <laughs> that's what, uh, that's what kind of pushed me away from blender at first. Cause like I, I started dabbling in it, um, early or like late last year, sometime in in the winter, and I, I watched a few videos and I tried to make like a donut, and I'm like, oh, okay, but I just something just didn't really click until just recently, and I like I found myself just starting to enjoy it a lot more, and I'm trying, you know, like I'm trying not to overwhelm myself because you know when you're usually watching or learning a new program, you start with like basics and stuff, and it's usually very boring. So in the middle of that, you know, I'll, I'll spice it up a little bit like, oh, how to make a tree. And, you know, by that point, I'm like, OK, I can I can see where what they're doing. I can understand kind of where they're clicking and why they're clicking these sort of things. Like I can actually recognize some of those buttons and menus now. And it, it just makes it a, a bit more interesting to to kind of break it up and like work on little small models here and there. Oh, yeah, it's overwhelming at first, for sure. And uh, I feel like a lot of it especially when you're first learning is figuring out what these things do kind of on your own terms so that, cause everyone learns differently. And, uh, if you, if you kind of figure, try to figure things out, uh, a little bit more in depth after you learn the basics, uh, that will be infinitely more valuable to you in the long run because you know how you're going to get used to things, uh, you know, muscle memory and key binding and all this, um, you know, no one knows how you learn like you do. So I feel like a lot, half half of what we learn in life is figuring out how we're gonna do it on our own terms. Right. Uh, especially for making donuts in Blender, <laughs> <laughs> which I've never done before. By the way, I've never did that. That was that was like the first tutorial I saw. That's like YouTube. what everyone's. Th- it's like a huge meme on the forums I go on. Uh, everyone's making donuts and stuff. Hey, I made a donut. It's like cool. Yeah. It just it just makes me want a real donut. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like I don't want to learn Blender anymore. I'm just hungry. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna learn to to model the foods that I can never eat. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll get it'll get my get it off my mind. Yep. Oh man, I want to I want a three course day. I want a big old cheeseburger and fries. I think I'll model it in Blender. <laughs> well, this looks like crap. Why did I want to eat this? I don't want this exactly. anymore. There you go. It's a, it's a foolproof <laughs> diet program. <laughs> yeah. Just learn to 3D model. Yeah, you're a little on hefty side. Learn 3D modeling. You'll never want to eat again. 
Put that yeah. put that on my tombstone. That's my quote. You'll never want to eat again <laughs> if you learn Blender. Kurt, Curtis Falk, he died because he learned Blender. <laughs> <laughs> he died because he fell into a Blender. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that has been quite an interesting conversation. Do we have any closing remark- remarks? Do we have any wascally wabbix closing remarks? Any closing remarks? Well, um, depending on which one of us goes first, um, if you end up going first, I'm going to mark on your tombstone this exact quote. They're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. <laughs> oh, my God. Put, just put the sound clip in. It's so hard to like do the actual quote without like yelling. Just uh, just make it like sensor uh, activated so that whenever someone walks by the tombstone, it plays that sound clip. No, I pop out of the ground and, <laughs> and go, oh, my God. <laughs> It's like oh, a freaking uh, like Walt Disney World, um, uh, what's it called, the puppeteer thing? <laughs> yeah, or like some haunted mansion stuff. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get the uh, the Disney animators to uh, to create a a uh, animatronic. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, those are my, those will be my last words. Oh my God, they're eating her. <laughs> they're eating the donut I made in Blunder. <laughs> Oh, All right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everybody, as we ramble on about animation and Blender. Um, I've been Curtis Polk. I have been, Carl. And we are dead now. Thank you for listening.